Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. Um, I'd like to start with a thank you to our sponsor, Ticket Spigot, is the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. Um, very excited. We have another doctor on the episode today, Dr. Lisa Langston. Hello, how are you? Hello. Hey, thanks for having me here. We are very excited to have you. Um, as always, my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith, and I am Dr. Danielle LaPointe. And Dustin, would you like to take it from here and properly introduce our guest? Uh, I don't know if proper is the word when I introduce anybody, <laughs> but for for this guest, um, you think of royalty, people like the Pope, people like Queen Elizabeth, people like, um, you know, when you see a celebrity, <clears throat> just the emotion that goes through you. Um, and this is no different. We actually have royalty with us today. Dr. Lisa Langston is the director of athletics for Fort Worth ISD. And we can, we can talk about what ISD means and how that is integrated in the state of Texas, what that really looks like. But that, that's all well and good. But the royalty part of this is she's the immediate past president of the NIAAA board. And so she served as a a true servant leader in our profession and serving the NIAAA board. And that's how I got to know her. I got to visit with her a few times and exchange greetings. Our, our customary greeting is always doctor, doctor, um, as we <laughs> interact with one another. But Lisa is a pioneer. She's a former collegiate athlete, um, not just, uh, you know, I, I played small NAI baseball, but Lisa played at Texas A&M. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a small school that she played at. But uh, Lisa is a former collegiate athlete. She's a, a decorated director of athletics. And what I really appreciate about her is her service to the NIAAA board. So I am excited to visit with Dr. Lisa Langston. And before we go any further, Lisa, I, I've kind of rattled off some of your accolades, some of your um, accomplishments, but. What is a resume not going to tell us about who Dr. Lisa Langston is? Just give us a an insight to what you do for fun, how you enjoy life outside of the AD world. Well, um, outside the AD world, um, well, first of all, even when I'm enjoying some things, I'm still thinking about the AD world. Like if I go to an event, I'm looking at the security there because, you know, I'm thinking, OK, does it mirror what we need and, and things like that? But I, I am a, um, a lifelong learner. Uh, I, I'm in a book club and, and I enjoy reading because I think it takes me places. Uh, uh, one thing, um, I, I got the opportunity to play professionally in Germany and, and actually my whole uh, love uh, or my thought about traveling was instilled from reading, and I hate to admit this, but Danielle Steele <laughs> novels or romance novels because she traveled the world. And so in my mind, I could see these different places. And so I, I got the opportunity to go and live and, and play in Germany. And that was just outstanding. I mean, and, and that fostered my love of travel. So I love to read. I, I love traveling. And I, uh, you know, especially going places I've never been before. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I try to be a good daughter, a, a good sister, a good friend, uh, a good colleague. Um, I mean, those are the things that I think. Uh, you might not see on a resume. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a, definitely a person who, um, you know, my, my family impacted me so much and who I am uh, and the type of person I try to 
uh, be, uh, you know, I'm a person of faith. And uh, I hope that um, people see that. You know, I was listening to a speaker, uh, actually was an author, and one of the statements that said, live your life because it might be the only Bible some people read. And I, and I take that to heart. So, um, you know, I think that goes back to my, my servant leadership. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I live intentionally uh, and, and I'm here to serve others. You, you just kind of glossed over playing in Germany and I've heard your story about this before. <laughs> Did you know the language when you went over there and how was it trying to navigate a country that you did not know and maybe a language you did not speak? Nine, it's Russian, kind Deutsch. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> my, wow. <laughs> yeah, my, my German is definitely better now. Uh, when I went over, I did not speak the language. And I actually have talked about how living in Germany really prepared me for dealing with the adversity that we had with COVID uh, because I did have to deal with the unknown. But I was very fortunate. All my teammates spoke uh, some level of English and some was their English was better than mine because I had one teammate that corrected my English all the time. But uh, <laughs> but it, it really was stepping out into the unknown. I mean, you know, because you think about uh, what we see now uh, as far as uh, being able to communicate across the waters. You got to think back then, all I had was a telephone to call home and and it was really pricey, so I never did. Um, you know, and 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 you know, I I had my share of adventures, and some that my mother still doesn't know about because I just don't want to tell her about her. You know, like uh, misreading the train schedule, and I had to walk two hours home, not knowing really where I was going, but at least I can follow the signs. And that's kind of how we are sometimes with athletic directoring. Your your minister, you know, something comes up, and you don't have. There's not a uh, how to, and but you're following these signs that lead you to, to some type of success. And and for me, after two hours of walking in pitch dark roads, uh, I finally found my street. And then I was less than a block from my apartment. And then I saw a taxi. And it's like ah, you know, mm -hmm. two hours too late, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. So it it was quite the adventure, but I loved every minute of it. Um, and I'm still really uh, good friends with my old, uh, my former teammates from the first team I played with. Um, I've been back to Germany three times to visit. And uh, I think the second time is when I noticed my teammates were starting to lose their English. So I uh, took Rosetta Stone and uh, for a year, and I studied for a year, every day for a year longer. And uh, when I went back in 2015, uh, everyone was really surprised because my Deutsch was but they're good. Nah, <laughs> it was, it was, I, I said it was good, but no, nah, not really. That's not that's a snitch wrist. That's not really correct. But as you can see, I, I can kind of uh, if I had to, I could keep a conversation going in German. And I think that's fascinating just to place yourself in an environment that you're unfamiliar with. And, and oftentimes it parallels to what we do as athletic administrators. Sometimes we're in a world that maybe we don't understand completely, but we've got to make our way and we've got to make the path for what we've got to get done. So I think that was training ground for you way early on in life yeah, that you were yeah. able to navigate that stuff. So kudos to you for that. Well, thank you. And, and that kind of goes back to my theme as a president. Uh, you know, I said embrace because I had to embrace whatever came my way in Germany. And 
it worked out well. You know, I always had hope. And, and you know, I think that's, that was part of what the, the theme of uh, Embrace was to, to be hopeful that, you know, we can get on to get to the other side of whatever adversity we're going through. When you got to lead through some COVID, I mean, I know Lannis did a lot of the COVID. I mean, he hit it when it was, you know, full-fledged yes. on, but then you yes. got to continue that as we dealt with it for the past year. So you you sure. were really thrown into the fire there. Yes, uh, definitely. And we, uh, my first board meeting that I was oversaw was uh, last February. And, uh, you know, obviously we were virtual, but at the same time here in, in Texas, we had a... Uh, uh, God, we were going through Armageddon almost that freeze, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was very fortunate uh, uh, than others because I didn't lose power. And there were many people that were without power. And, um, you know, I, I could never get my house above 55 degrees Whew. for about four days. Yeah. So, Whew. you know, but like I said, thankfully, I, I didn't, you know, I, I'm still blessed. Uh, you know, I only have one little uh, issue with pipes, whereas people had, you know, Everybody had a pool, almost had some issues, um, but there was a lot of damage. And, and so I, I still, you know, think, you know, how blessed I was to. Uh, you talk about 55 degrees. Danielle freezes at 55. You were just hoping <laughs> that was warmth for you, but her. <laughs> yeah. <That's> <laughs> yes. I, I can't even, I can't even defend myself. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw that whole freeze thing on, on the news and, oh man, it was awful. I felt so bad for you, yeah. for you guys hey. in Texas. Yeah. Well, hey, but it, it's kind of like being an athletic director. You, you, you know, you prepare yourself. I mean, this time the meteorologists, they were spot on. And so I uh, made sure that I had enough food in my house mm-hmm. beforehand. And so I, for, the four days, I, I didn't even open my front door. I never went outside. And other people went out and they played in the snow and all that. But it's like, no, because I don't have any heat. So I don't need to open my door. I need to keep it closed because <laughs> I don't need any of the heat that I have in here to go out. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's okay. I'm a bit of an introvert, too, because, you know, for four days, I kept myself uh, rurally entertained. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, which is crazy in the city of fort worth which is such a large metroplex anyway dallas fort worth area is so big mm-hmm. and for you to be able to just kind of hunker in yourself mm-hmm. and just say hey i'm i'm not leaving the confines of my mm-hmm. house <clears throat> but you mentioned it's a lot like athletic administration when you couldn't control any of that you couldn't control whether or not you had heat whether or not you had electricity you just had to adjust to whatever was thrown your hey. way, which is, I think, symbolic of what we do in the everyday world of athletic administration. Very true. Very true. So with with that being thought of, um, we can talk your history. And these are great stories for me that I can talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's really cool moments for me because I know I know who you are and the, the person that you are. But I know as an administrator, you've had some stories that you've dealt with that you think the point of this is, man, I can't believe it happened at that point. So let's dive into some stories that you may have for us. You know, I think I've forgotten more things than I can definitely remember. But you know, <laughs> I, I just think there's and these are just little things, you know, they stay quick hitters. And that's kind of what comes to mind. Uh, I had a, a situation uh, with uh, a middle school tournament 
and we had some uh, transportation issues. And so one of our games couldn't be played and it was going to be a seating game. And, um, and so it impacted another school's ability to be like in a top four to advance in the little tournament. So the game wasn't played. The parent of the team that's going to finish fifth calls me and he's upset because now his, his daughter's team is not going to be in a top four. And I mean, he's just giving me heck, you know, he calls us stupid and, you know, he just goes on and on and on and he's just berating us and all that, you know, and I, and I said, Hey, now, you know, if the game would have played, it wouldn't have impacted anyway. Right. Because, you know, looking at the box scores, you knew which team was going to win. And, and, you know, and he, he agreed, he knew that, the, the team finished where they were supposed to finish. And they also knew that if they won their game, they would bump up, but they did. And so he goes on and on. And, and I'm at some point, I just realized, okay, there's nothing I can say, you know? And so I stopped talking. And this is a middle school. This is a middle school parent. Yes. And I just stopped talking. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden he says, are you still there? And I was like, yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. <laughs> and and I think for him, he could finally hear himself and understood that, hey, you're making a big deal. I understand your point, but you also know the truth of the matter. And, and, I, and I, I had to give him kudos for sticking up for his daughter. I understood that. But he also knew that he really didn't have an argument. But when he called me stupid, that was and our whole department that that really just kind of wrote me wrong but and I felt like the best thing for me to do was just to be silent and I, I think the silence worked because in that silence he was able to hear himself you know if I kept engaging him then it's more it, it just more antagonistic and, and and that was not the case but I, I we answer, we ended that phone call uh on a positive note and um and we just left it that fact you know, and and so then it makes me think about another middle school parent that called and he was complaining about the officials and you guys know how the calls we get. And so this this parent, this father's calling, he's like the officials, you know, they were awful and our team, you know, they were making calls against us and not against the other team. And he just goes on and on and on and on. And finally, I, I just stopped him and I said, let me ask you a question. Did your team win or lose? And he said, we lost. And I just told him, I said, you know, it's funny. I never get a phone call from a parent about the officials when they win. (laughs) 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 I want want that phone call. call. And so I think he, he realized uh yeah i said because the official didn't didn't score not one bucket i mean they never do you know and 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 they're human too and i have to also tell them it's middle school so you got to remember the officials you're going to receive at the middle school level are middle school level officials although i should say this our association they try to put a a rookie uh, official with a veteran and that way, you know, the counterbalance and because and, it's a training for the middle school. But that parent, I, I think, you know, he even chuckled because he realized, yeah, you're, you're right. I, if they won, I, I wouldn't be calling, you know, and, and the outcome was the outcome, you know. Uh, and so a lot of the things, you know, you just hear people make crazy statements, you know, uh, you know, at a regional basketball tournament. I just thought about this. 
um, you know, we, we, our girls had gone to state, one state in 2005. So uh, in 2005 and 2007, and they went in 2006. So in 2008, we're playing regionals and I think we, we lost in the finals and I heard these people complaining about the coach and, and I can't believe he had so-and-so, so-and-so doing this and blah, 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 you know, and, and, you know, and it's one of those, sometimes you hit me at the right moment, I might en engage in a conversation that normally I wouldn't, <laughs> but this one, I, I just, I couldn't let it go. And, you know, and cause these are gentlemen that I knew as well. And so, you know, they're, they're going on and on about the coach and I can't believe she did this and blah, blah, blah. And why didn't she have this player down? And I just looked at the two guys and I said, I went to every one of their practice leading up to this championship. And I guarantee you that is not what the coach has, has that player to do. <laughs> Sometimes players get on the court and they have their own mind. Right. I said, but I guarantee you that's not what the coach was trying to do. But she's trying to win, you know, but she still can't get on the court and, and you know, and, and run the offense for them. You know, she can only tell them, you know. And, and and she's a great coach because she's at another school district and just won back-to-back -back championships. And I'm very thankful that we had the opportunity uh, to have her in our district. But, you know, it, 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 I, I try not to sit around uh, people when I'm at games because, it you know, the things they say, you know, if it's not the officials, it's about the coaches or it's about the kids. And I, I just think it's safer, you know. I mean, I, I've been at games where I've left the – the gym because I thought I want to keep my job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to keep my job. <laughs> That's a, such a great point because you're the, you're the second AD that we've had that has commented on, you know, find a spot in the gym or in the stadium that's kind of a way um, or, and have a, an exit route an entry route and exit route. That's maybe not with the fans. Um, but, you know, two other points that, that come right up with your stories are, um, sometimes parents just want to be heard, right? And you just have to listen. Um, sure. The other thing is the the twenty four hour rule is so important because that mm -hmm. is that cool off time where they can see the light that they're not <laughs> seeing right after a game, perhaps. Yeah. So yeah. those those yeah. are definitely things yeah. that I think wish we could you know implement a little harder in parents. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, great yeah. advice and and takeaways from both from all of those yeah. stories. Well, I, yeah. I think one of those one of those moments when and I, I again why I have so much respect for you when you would call me stupid I think I might have said some things that I probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some there's some yeah. moments, and that's what we have to do as administrators mm -hmm. is pump the brakes because as mm -hmm. a human, I want to respond in mm -hmm. a certain way. When somebody's calling me stupid, I want to say, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah. Yeah. Let me explain to you. I have yeah. several degrees. I've gone exactly. to school for this. <laughs> several yeah. degrees. I almost said, "Hey, hey, hey, sir. My name is Doctor Langston." You know, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You know, but, you know and, and you do have to watch yourself. I mean, I, you know, I, I've had one situation where, you know, we had a parent that was. It was really uh, this. This. I, I think the. The parent really didn't have a good grasp of reality. You know, he thought his daughters were better than what they were. Uh, and 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 God, and the, the girls were nice kids, and I just felt sorry for them. And 
you know, ultimately he moved them out of our district and what our rules, you know, I had to go to a, a, what we call a district executive committee, uh, committee meeting. And, you know, because their, their change of school was definitely for athletic purposes. And, you know, I, I told the, uh, the, the, the person that was going to head up the meeting, I said, have security there. And, um, and so they did. And after they, the meeting, they understood why I suggested that we have security. Uh, because this gentleman, we have, I have met with him too many times to count. You know, and I know at one meeting, he threatened, threatened us, not physically, but, you know, you know, just he's a parent that I would not wish on my worst enemy. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was that kind of parent. But, you know, the thing that I learned through that, uh, and I think that my coach uh, gathered from that was we, she, she understood what support looked like, because we had to support the coach. I mean, this is a parent that called CPS on the coach. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, just, just really, uh, you know, he cornered one of my uh, colleagues in the parking lot. You know, it just, I mean, like I said, I, you can, I almost forget, I'm, I'm trying to forget about it, you know. Um, yeah, this one was you're trying to forget about it. And, but, you know, like I said, I, I, I learned to stand up for my coach. Um, and, 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 and Dr. Smith, to your point, learning when to stop talking, because he was one, you know, uh, that I had to stop talking because, First of all, it's like talking to the wall. If you keep talking to the wall, it's not doing you any good. So, um, yeah, that that one was that one was a, a challenging one for me. Uh, and see, my mom used to it. give me this advice. She used to say, "Never argue with an idiot because they'll drag you to their level and beat you with experience." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes that, I don't even remember yes. that. Yes, that would be that father, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, but like I said, I, I wish this daughter well, uh, you know, I, I remember we met here in, in my office and you can't see this, but I have a, a, a shelf with all my doodads and things, you know, um, uh, my mother, I went to visit her one time and she had a box of like my medals and things like that from high school and, and some medal and some awards from college and all that. And she just wanted it out of her house. So she gave it to me and I put it in my car. And I thought, I don't have a place in my house for this. I don't have, you know, I don't have to bother you. So I just have the, all of the stuff here in my office. So anyway, I brought the, um, the that that father's, uh, his youngest, his oldest daughter into my office. And, and I talked to her because I could share with her. She's trying to go where I've been. She, you know, she's a kid that's, should get a, a basketball scholarship because she's smart. I mean, that's the thing. She's really smart. Um, and, 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 and I think by bringing her in and talking to her and showing her uh, some of my mementos and, and having her, uh, giving her the opportunity to ask me questions and things like that, she knew that I understood that she was not her father, that this was just the circumstances that she was in but this was, I was someone that um, was, that supported her um, and saw her uh, for who she was, uh, a, a, you know, a, a good athlete, uh, a good basketball player and, and a great kid and a smart kid. And, and I thought, you know, that, that was a good way for me to uh, end that, that chapter with, with that family. So just to give our, our listeners some perspective, Lisa, talk about 
the size of your school district in comparison to, I say comparison, in conjunction with the number of coaches that you deal with and how you get to know these kids on a personal basis with a district that's as big as yours? Yeah. Okay. We have 16 high schools that compete in interscholastic athletics and 20 middle schools. Um, you know, through the years, my role has changed. I, I, my whole career has been with Fort Worth ISD. Uh, I'm in my 32nd year. I was a teacher coach for five years, and I've been in athletics since then. And I started out working uh, just uh, exclusively with middle school. And I did that for, I don't know, uh, 15, 16 years or something like that. And so uh, before I transitioned to the high school level, you know, I had been working with these middle school coaches and kids and I'll go out to their practice. So there's a, there, there, there was a group of kids that I was following as my career advanced. Um, and so those are the ones that are, you know, you, you know, you're, you think are, they're special. Like I have one lady. A special and, spot in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and just mm-hmm. one, one little story was we had a young lady that uh, we were at a regional track meet and she had qualified for state. And this is a school that don't, they don't have a lot of athletic uh, success. And so anyway, uh, when she qualified for state in the shop, put. You know, she and I and the coach, uh, the coaches, we're all jumping around and hugging and, you know. And so um, I see the young lady's mother. The coach points out that this is Jasmine's mother. So I, I go over to shake her hand and introduce myself. And when I stick my hand out for her to shake it and say who I am, she's like, I know who you are. She says, Jasmine talks about you all the time. And that, I mean, ooh, that, you know, mm, because that, that made me remember why I got into athletic administration. I remember Lloyd Harris in Dallas ISD, who, when I was at a regional track meet, called me by my name. And I was shocked that she knew who I was, you know. And, 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 and so to be able to mirror that, that feel for an, an, another student athlete is just, ah, you know. But as far as like now uh, being an athletic director, I'm not in the cam- on the campuses as, as much uh, as I would like to be. But I, I do oversee certain sports like cross country and track. And now we're starting uh, girls flag football. We have our first scrimmage on Thursday. So super excited about that. Um, but as I go out to campus, I, I do engage student athletes. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, I talk to them and, um, you know, and I go out and I visit with, you know, I have coaches that ask me to come out and speak to their teams and, and, and things like that. So that's how I, I get to, uh, engage with the kids. You know, I make the effort. I, I definitely have to make the effort. Um, you know, and we have like, you know, what, five, anywhere from 550 to 600 coaches and athletic trainers and, and things like that, you know. So, yeah, but you, you got to be intentional. Yeah, you have to be intentional. Well, I think that I think that drives home a huge point. Um, and even for our young ADs that are getting into this profession, there's a couple of points in there that I want to bring out. One, the intentionality you have to have, not just with your coaches, but to be intentional in your investment in kids uh, and to remember that that's why we do what we do at the end of the day, to see them experience success. And success is different for for Lisa Langston than it is for Dustin Smith or Danielle LaPointe. It it looks Mm -hmm. different. That doesn't mean that every kid's going to win a state championship. It doesn't mean that every kid's going to get a college scholarship to play basketball like you did at texas a&m the success looks different but you invest you don't invest any less in those kids 
because of their they, you don't rank it and right. say, hey, this kid is going to play Division One basketball, and this kid's just going to go be a student at TCU, right. whatever it may be. Right. I mean, your investment right. is still the same, and you've got to be intentional with that investment. Uh, definitely, definitely. The tennis players, you know, they need to know who I am. Right. You know, just like the football players do, because the football players, they see me because, you know, I'm at football games on the sideline on Friday uh, Thursday, Fridays, and sometime on Saturdays. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, the soccer players, you know, uh, yeah, all of them, because they are all important. And, and you're right. Uh, what motivated me to get in athletics is different than what motivates, uh, you know, the majority of our student athletes. And, and that's something that I, you know, we have to share with coaches. We have to remind them of, you know, kids are motivated, motivated to participate for different reasons. And, uh, as a coach, it's, it's imperative that you kind of figure out what's going on with the kid and, and what motivates them. Um, and you, and like I said, you have to be intentional with those acts. Well, as, as we as we see your path and how you've ascended to the positions that you've held throughout your career, um, including with the NIAAA, you think about opportunities that may not have existed for for people, um, both of your gender and your race that mm -hmm. maybe not existed for a, a good majority of your time. And now you're seeing, when I said you were a pioneer earlier, that was intentional mm -hmm. because of the path that you're blazing for a lot of people. Um, I, I think that's tremendous accomplishment by you, obviously, but you also understand the investment you have to make in others because like Doug Kilgore always says, I'm trying to give back to those who gave to me. And you right. talked about the athletic director who called you by name. You right. talked about somebody who knew you and the importance of that moment. So for our listeners that are are tuned in and, and we, we talk and laugh and do all that stuff, but the important part of what I hope we're, we're uh, relaying to everybody is the investment needs to be intentional and needs to be focused with, um, don't, don't ever lose sight of what we're doing and why we do what we're doing. That's, that's so true. And, you know, and I, I think back to, for me, uh, my college coach, I had a new coach come in my junior year in, at A&M, at uh, Lynn Hickey, and I talk about her uh, often. Uh, she's now the vice president, uh, athletic director of East Washington uh, University out in Spokane. And um, I, I just remember as a, a player, she saw my value for more than what I could do on the court. And I don't know why it just, it resonated with me through her because I'm sure it wasn't the other coaches that they didn't see it, but it was something about how she interacted with me or the time she invested with me. Um, but part of, you know, she's a big reason why I am, I, I am where I am today because, you know, she, she, like I said, she made me see my value and understand the value, but she also taught me that, I got to be prepared, you know, so these opportunities that have come forward for me, I've been prepared for, you know, uh, and, and it started with uh, Coach Hickey back in college. I mean, she was the uh, senior women's administrator and I watched her uh, as a, as a leader in our athletic department and I saw the changes that she was making. And so I got to see some great leadership uh, as a student athlete. And and I saw how all our programs thrived under her leadership. 
you know, and, and the investment and, and, you know, just her, her thought process, you know, like one of the, and this isn't uh, something that I guess the leaders in our uh, athletic department didn't think of back then was they just, they didn't charge for our women's basketball games. It just opened the door. Everybody could come. And of course our attendance was nothing. And so when right. she comes in, she immediately says, no, we got to charge for the games because it's a value you know, it, there's value in it. So you got to charge for it because that's what you do, you know? And, and of course I, our, our attendance increased, that, you know, and where other people have been uh, fearful. And so I think I learned how to take risks from her um, because that's, we, as athletic administrators, we take risks, you know, and sometimes it works out. Um, and then sometimes it's a lesson, you know, but you got to, you know, you, you, you have to be willing to, to, uh, Put yourself out there, be a little vulnerable and, uh, you know, and, and think in terms of, uh, you know, what we do is for others. You know, I, I, and I, I'm going to share this and, and this is uh, deeply personal, but at the national, because, you've been, you know, you're talking about the NIAAA. Um, you know, as the president, you oversee the, the banquet, the awards banquet. And, you know, we have a practice beforehand and you know you learn how to read the teleprompters because you know not in Hollywood so I don't know anything right. about teleprompters <laughs> or newscasting. <laughs> so you know I, I have my practice um and um you know and it's it's not you know it's like okay this is more of a challenge than I thought it would be. I, I don't know. I don't know what I thought it would be. But anyway the the rehearsal wasn't going as as well as I liked and so I asked can I do this again? Can I go through it again? And so you know, fast forward to that evening, um, you know, I'm behind the curtains and, and I'm waiting uh, for my opportunity, you know, for the banquet to begin. And my um, my athletic coordinators uh, uh, here in the district, they brought me a charm bracelet and it has charms. One that says uh, blessed, uh, so grateful, she believes. Toot your own horn. That's for my mother. Toot your own horn. Because if you don't, <laughs> nobody else will. Um, it, you know, it had a cross on it. Uh, it had a compass, you know, and, and things like that. And so I sat back and I was looking at the bracelet, thinking about how blessed I was in that moment uh, for this opportunity. And then I thought about what this opportunity represented. And I knew it wasn't about me. The banquet wasn't about me. It wasn't mm -hmm. about Lisa Langston. It was about all those award winners. And so when I sat there, I thought about it. I want to be great. I don't want to be great for me. I need to be great for the people who are winning these awards. I want, you know, I, I, my performance needs to be great so that their family and, and, and so they can enjoy this moment because this is their moment. And I think as athletic administrators, that's what we do. We're not, you know, we want to, be great athletic administrators, but we want to be great because we want our kids to have the best experience that they can have. I want my coaches to have a great experience because if they have a great experience, my kids are more likely to have a great experience, you know, and I need my coaches to grow because as they grow, the kids grow. And so, you know, that moment just, you know, and it is, I mean, I think about Oprah Winfrey with all her aha moments, but those moments, I, I think as I get older are coming to me more you know, just little things, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, that, that moment, I, I just, you know, and, you know, I, I, 
I, and I share that, and and so everybody now they know my secret. <laughs> but that that that's 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 you know that, that's that's the truth of, of how that came about. Well, I, I I read a book. You talked about reading books, and you're in a book club. I, I read religiously, um, and I read a book that said that asked this question: Are you waiting for your moment, or are you training for your moment? Um, and you don't know when that moment's coming. So if you're just going to sit and wait around for it, there's a difference in that mindset of whether you're waiting or you're training for it. Um, and clearly you were training and ready for um, another statement that I read in a book that I think was really great was look for ways to serve, not to shine. And yes. when you were the MC of this awards mm -hmm. banquet as the, the president, mm -hmm. you were trying to put the spotlight on them. Right. Trying right. to let them see that, Hey, they're right. shining tonight. And I'm yes. just trying to find a way to serve so they can shine. And exactly. I think that translates to what we do in athletic administration. Yes. You said earlier that nobody's giving you a call saying, man, those officials were great when we won. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> I mean, nobody calls you and says, Lisa, you're doing a fine job. But when a toilet backs up, guess what? Where's that dang AD? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is so, so true. That is so true. You don't know how true that is. <laughs> Well, and I really, I really like how you said that, and and um, that's something that really resonates because I think um, the best athletic administrators are very behind the scenes. You're behind the scenes. You are serving your coaches and your kids, and you're doing little stuff that nobody knows you're doing to make it easier for your coaches and your students to be successful on the field. And I think that's a very, very powerful thing. Um, one of my favorite parts about you know being an AD for sure. But the other thing that I got from multiple of your multiple stories that you told were you, you trusted your gut. There's lots of times where you just kind of trusted your gut and you went with what you, whether you needed security there, whether you didn't know, whether you were in Germany trying to find your way home <laughs> or just, yeah. you know, knowing that a parent needed the extra, mm -hmm. um, you know, security or you needed the extra time to just talk it out. You trusted your gut multiple times. And I think that's also a good thing um, to kind of talk about because sometimes that's hard to do to, to maybe just trust your gut when school protocol is this, or you should be doing this, or you have to do this or something else is on your mind, but to just, you know, really kind of be like, okay, I don't want anything bad to happen. This is the feeling I'm getting and this is the route I'm going to go. And I think that's a, that's a good piece of the takeaway as well. Yeah. And, and I'm a person of faith, you know, so a lot of what I'm, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I didn't also say this, but when I was behind the curtains, I also prayed about this, you know, right. before, before ever, whenever I speak, I always do. Uh, but it just, it, it calms me, it centers me. Um, you know, and then when I have to make a decision, I, you know, you, you're trying to, you know, real quick, okay, what's going to be, what outcome are we trying to get to and, and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I just think, I, I look back on my experience and, um, the knowledge that I've gained from others, uh, you know, to help me in, in those moments. Uh, so, you know, you call it trust the gut and, and I guess in a way that is, but it is the gut that's been built on experience and wisdom from others. So, uh, it, yeah, mm -hmm. that I, I would think, yeah, yeah. And that's the good thing about the NIAAA because we, you know, I get to learn from so many people. Like I was in New Jersey last week and I went to their state conference and I listened to some different speakers and, and, you know, and, and took uh, uh, 
gain knowledge from it. So, I, you know, I'm continuously growing it. You know, I'm, I'm always evolving, you know. But so. The old statement, if you're not progressing, you're regressing. Exactly. Um, and so for you to be continually, you mentioned it earlier, a lifelong learner, continuing to invest in the education process because as athletic administrators, and I think anybody that I've talked to and through the NIAAA, and I've gotten blessed to be around them, the Rich Bartons, who's another past president that I spent a lot of time with at our AD conference a couple weeks ago, just to see that mindset of continually trying to improve, never being satisfied that, hey, we've arrived. And the reality is, much like you've said, we're going to still get those phone calls from parents that say, you're stupid. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You guys are dumb. And um, <laughs> I, I had a parent, I had a parent tell a coach that he he's not a very good coach. Well, he was a football coach here, and he was 186 and 24 in his 16 years here. Won eight state titles, and she said, "You're not a very good coach." And I, I witnessed it. I, it was in my office, uh-huh. and I'm like, uh-huh. "What? what? Wow. <laughs> I mean, this guy's. I mean, he's yeah. he's on the." the Mount Rushmore of coaches in the state of Arkansas, maybe in right. the nation just because of his success. But right. people are going to say things that are going to catch you off guard. People are going to say things that in the moment they probably will retract mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is you're still getting those phone calls, even yeah. at Fort Worth, even with your le- your legacy and your great success that you've had, people are still calling and saying, yes. Hey, I'm not happy with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to continue to deal with that and we're going to continue to deal with parents. And I think the way you've handled that, especially a uh, big takeaway for me is just being quiet and just yeah. letting them finish and yeah. say, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not really right in what I'm saying here. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think I, I've definitely learned a, a little lot through the years because, you know, younger in my early career, I probably would sit popped off and said the wrong thing, you know, because I, I was look, listening with defensive ears. And now I listen with ears to learn. And, you know, because I think a lot of times when parents call, you know, they do want to be heard. But what I'm listening for is some element of truth in what they're saying that might be an area where we can improve. Uh, and so now uh, I think, you know, the phone calls that I used to fear now you know, if we if if I can get off the phone call and the parent, you know, we might not, you know, we, we might disagree, but it's not a disagreeable phone call, uh, you know, because I, I have learned to listen. And, and you know, and, and I know that they're calling on behalf of their most precious uh, thing, their child. And uh, and sometimes it's just they don't know the rules. And so you got to explain the rules to them or. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, sometimes people just want to be heard because the conversation to the athletic director might be the only time that day they get to say something to somebody because they can't say it to their boss. You know, and and I think, you know, I've just learned to, you know, my, my shoulders are big enough. And and, you know, one of the things that it took me a long time to learn because uh, my mother, uh, she, she has a back like a duck. Everything just rolls off of it. Right. And and it's taken me many, many, many years to get to that point. But I, I think that I finally have. And, um, you know, and, and so, um, again, like I said, it's, it's how I how I listen now. Um, yeah, because, I, I, you know, I want the best program for for their child and, and, and all the, the children in, in our district. And it, it, it's incumbent that I, I listen. Uh, 
because uh, you know I'm not 100 right. <laughs> yeah, I already know that. Get out of I here. might not be 50 percent right. <laughs> you know? And there's always room for improvement. And when you think that you can't, then we need you to sit down. You know, because <laughs> you're going to do some harm to our kids. <laughs> well, I think I think without making this way, 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 way intellectual and way deep, because I got in trouble for that last week when I made All a couple right. statements about being deep. <laughs> uh, but I think I think a key point is we listen not to respond, but we listen to hear. And I think there's a big difference in those two. Sometimes we listen to just try, hey, I got to get my point. When they get done talking or they take a yeah. breath, I'm jumping in and saying yes. my point. But the reality is we need to listen, not to respond, but listen to actually hear what the person's saying. Mm-hmm. Almost like you're playing checkers. Okay, you made a move, then I got to make a move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We're going to take this nice and, and slow. You know, I mean, there's been times I've been on a phone call, gosh, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, that's a long time. Uh, but you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, that parent, if they get off the phone and it's been po- a positive experience for them, they're going to share that positive experience with another parent. Right. So it, it behooves us to uh, um, to be kind, you know. Well, have you, have you found them trying to visit with you when maybe you're at church or you're at Walmart or wherever they may see you? You, they, That's what bothers my wife. She'll be like, well, why do they have to talk to you about parking, reserve parking at church? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, mm. All right. I'm going to tell you this, Dustin. I work in Fort Worth, but I do not live in Fort Worth. I, I live in, yes, I'm from Dallas. Okay. And so, and I'm working in Fort Worth. They're about 45 minutes from each other. And so I plop right in the middle in Arlington because at, at the time I want to be close to my grandmother. And even though I lived in a, a different city, I actually could get to her faster than the other members in my family. Uh, I was about 20 minutes away from her. But if you ever watch the Dallas Cowboys football game, I'm just, I live just north of the stadium across the highway. Uh, but it was that thought where I, I really, because I, playing at A&M, a small town, uh, as a player, you know, you were running to people that knew you at the store. And I thought as, an, as a teacher coach back in the day, I, I prefer just to not live in that neighborhood, you know, uh, or in where my kids might run into me, even if we attended the same church, because I, I did. I, I, someone invited me to the church here in Fort Worth, and I went. And then, of course, I run into multiple student athletes and and parents. And you know, and some of the parents they're not happy with the decision you've made. So it's like, okay, I'm at church, right. <laughs> and we're about to have a, a blowout here at church. And I thought, no, I need to go to church outside the city and, and, and live somewhere else. So, uh, so that that that's that's been a if 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 you can, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> to live other than where you teach, coach, and, and you're an administrator. I just, yeah. In Greenwood, Arkansas, I don't know if you've ever been there, but Greenwood, Arkansas is a town of 9,000 people, and there ain't a whole lot of places outside, <laughs> but they know exactly who you are and yes. where you're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there yeah. are times I go to my, my kids' games, and they're like, hey, would you take care of this? You're an AD. And I'm like, no, I'm a DAD today. I'm not the AD. Mm-hmm. I'm a right, DAD. right, I'm right, to take care right, of my kid. right, um, right. And so right. there's that boundaries. And sometimes, and we have a course on it, the professional boundaries and trying to mm-hmm. maintain those uh, through the NIAAA, the LTI, I think it's 715 or something mm-hmm. like that. that mm-hmm. um, but regardless, 
great advice to be able to not live where you work if you can. If you can. Um, mm-hmm. My problem is I'm two blocks from where I work. <laughs> well, you know what? And there, there's the positive. You know, because there are people that, you know, they can walk to work. And, mm-hmm. and I got to get in a car and drive, you know. And so I, I see... Uh, yeah, I, there's, I benefits. there's benefits. Mm-hmm. There really and truly is. If you come from a small town and that's what you're accustomed to, I think that that's awesome. Uh, I mean, if these little people that you know uh, yeah. reminds me of the TV show I'm watching on Netflix, Sweet Magnolia. That's what Greenwood sounds like to me. It's a yeah. small town where everybody, but everybody cares about you too. You know, so like I said, there, there's uh, the positives and the negatives, and it's just whatever you're. I mean, I'm a big city girl, and so I don't know if I would thrive in a small, small town. Um, and, and it's just the opposite. If you're small town, you might not thrive in a, you know, city gets too big. It's too noisy. I, uh, I can it's tell funny you that you, Oh, sorry, Dustin. It's funny that you say that because um, I had a very strict no wearing, like, the school gear to Publix, like our grocery store. Like, you mm-hmm. can't. He would try to, like, go to the grocery store with me and be like, no, 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 change your shirt. Change your yes. shirt. We're not going to the grocery store in our yes. school gear to, to try to avoid, you know, those mm-hmm. conversations at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. With gas prices the way they are, I'm thankful <laughs> for being too much. Justin's walking <laughs> away, <laughs> riding a bike. He's the one. Yeah. You know, I was, I was walking to work long before it was four dollars a gallon. I was walking. <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. and you you mm-hmm. you take care of that. But no matter if you're at Fort Fort Worth and you're dealing with 16 high schools and 20 middle schools, or you're in Greenwood and you deal with one of each, mm-hmm. you're still dealing with parents. We're still facing the same issues. It's just yes. that it doesn't matter where you're at. You're still going to de- deal with parents who are trusting you with their most valuable possession, sure. something that they've invested so much in. Sure. You've they're trusting you and saying, here, take care of that kid. Whether that's in Fort Worth, that's in Greenwood, that's in Florida, wherever it may be, may be. Mm-hmm. you're dealing with the same situations. And I think that's what's beautiful about the NIAAA is because it's made up of people who are servant leaders who are saying, we're, we're fighting this battle together. We're pulling on the same rope. We'll pull in the same direction instead of pulling against each other. Very true. 
Very true. You know, I, I, I was very blessed a few years ago to, uh, I went up and taught, um, uh, LTI course up in, at the Idaho uh, state conference and did a workshop there. And, and of course, when I go and speak, I also stick around because I want to, you know, here, like I said, I want to learn from others. And, and it's interesting because the topics that they're discussing are the same topics we discuss here in Texas, so, right. you know, very similar. And so, like you said, we're all pulling in the same direction and it's great that we're helping each other. And, and that's what I found, um, the blessing in, in, in the NIAAA is, um, you know, just that ability to learn from others, you know, the, the networking and, and, you know, and, and just the knowledge that you gain, the wisdom. Uh, this, this, you know, been a part of the organization has really um, allowed me to be a great example for the, the coaches and the athletic coordinators that I get the honor to lead here in Fort Worth. And they know it. Because they, you know, they've been with me a long time, so they can see my growth. Well, and if, if it weren't for the NIAAA, then I wouldn't have gotten to know Lisa Langston, and we wouldn't have this conversation. I wouldn't have gotten sure. to know Danielle LaPointe. We wouldn't have a podcast where we can sit around and tell stories and yep. and yep. laugh and, and share <laughs> wisdom about what we get to know. So the value in the NIAAA is huge because you come across people who don't have a complex of saying I am great they're just serving to try to make others great and I think that is what is so valuable about what we do very true very true that, that's a great way of summing it up yeah, yeah. really been, that, that was good that, that was that, hey as over was let me tweet that out, <laughs> tweet that, out. <laughs> yeah. that was good that was really that was good stuff yeah but it's really true you know yeah, I, I'm I'm here for others. You know, that's, that's one of the things I used to, I I thought about when I first got into athletic administration was, you know, being a former basketball player, I got articles with my name in it and stuff. So I know, and I and I thought to myself, I know what my name looks like in in ink. I don't need to see it anymore. I know what it's like. You know, right. I I need other. I, I want other people. I want my coaches and my kids to shine, and you know, and I do what I can to help them, uh, to empower them. Uh, so that they can be great at whatever it is they choose to do. It's called perspective. And I think that's, that's huge for us in our profession that we've got to have perspective of why we do what we do. So Lisa, on behalf of Daniel, I want to just say thank you for taking your time. I know it's valuable. Thank you for sharing some laughter, sharing some intelligence, sharing a lot of wisdom that you've garnered over the years. I'm thrilled to death that you take a chance and be on our podcast. No, thank you for having me. This has been fun. So now, hey, now I, the fun part of my day is over. I got to go and get to work now. <laughs> <laughs> and I echo everything that Dustin just said. It's been an honor to speak with you and taking, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to, to really, I hopefully reach a ton of ADs across the country and, um, you know, make their day better too and give them, give them some more knowledge. Yeah. And I'll see everyone in Nashville. Amen to that. It's yes. not far. Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> Bye. Looking forward Thank to you. it. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.